0: Welcome back, everybody. See, I get to say it this time. I love when I get to introduce an episode, because I always get to make fun of Will for saying, Welcome back, in the exact same voice. I'm so petty. and
1: uh, Almost almost the same voice.
0: Almost the know, same voice. Yeah. You'll get
1: it there. You'll get it one
0: day. Okay. Um. Anybody who knows me knows I'm very petty. Anyways, we're here to talk about an episode. <laughs> and uh, this week, we're actually going to be... Digging into an idea that, as I told Will, God has really just kind of laid on my heart. Um, I'm not 100% sure where this came from. I just know I was sitting in a, in a sermon, and I, I had this phrase come to mind, and it was grace for the in-between, which you probably are already familiar with because it was the title of the episode. And essentially, the thought that occurred to me was something like this. In church, we're talking big C church as a whole, we tend to be really great at celebrating success stories when it comes to sin. So the guy who's been 20 years sober, the woman who has broken out of her abusive relationship and is now free, and uh, we're also really great at being compassionate towards those people who are actively suffering and during their their first time confession. So someone let's say they confess their sin at a, at a good church because not all churches are going to be so nice about this but someone comes and they confess this sin that they've been struggling with, a lot of times they are received with grace. The problem is that there's a in-between stage it could be 20 years, it could be five days, could be a few weeks. But there's a stage between 20 years of freedom and day one. And so I got to thinking, how do we handle that person who is on day one? So let's say they're trying to overcome uh, an addiction. They're on day one for the seventh or eighth time. Or that person who's in the abusive relationship and they know they need to leave, but they haven't quite gotten there yet. How do we handle those people? How do we treat them? The The term for that end goal that we're striving for, we've talked about it a little bit before, it's sanctification. It's the idea of being made perfect, set apart, holy. But we tend to forget sometimes that it's a process of sanctification. And that on the way, we ha- we tend to stumble. So we need grace for the people that are in that in-between stage, so Will, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it back to you a little bit. So tell me when you when you hear me talk about the in-between, when when that phrase uh, was first brought up to you, what comes to mind? Like, what do you think of as the in-between between justification and sanctification before we're perfect?
1: So when I originally heard this, I think about how people love instant gratification. They want an answer from God right away. Whatever it is. I prayed to God about this. And then five minutes later, well, I didn't get an answer. This didn't happen. Whatever it might be. But we're we are we're in this culture of things need to happen quick and fast and snappy. Boom, 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 boom. Newsflash, God usually doesn't work on our own timetables. <laughs> so when I think about the in-between, I think about the time between when we say, God, help me through this, and when we're actually through it. Because it doesn't happen instantaneously most of the time. Now, yes, I've heard many a story of people that have felt they were were free of a sin after praying for it one time. I don't want to take away from that because that's amazing. God can do that. But the majority of time, God is trying to work in us, through us, with us, in this in-between. Sanctification as a whole, as we look at that, is being made closer to Jesus it's a process. It takes time. There's a lot of like digging and, and nastiness. And I think about like making a jack-o-lantern during uh, Halloween where you have to like open up the pumpkin, clean out all that nastiness inside before you really start to work on it. And there's a lot of us that like we, we gotta go through that process and we don't want to, because we would rather God just give us something real quick rather than actually put in the work. So it's it's that time putting in the work.
0: So I gotta ask because you you brought them up. Um, those stories that you talk about, where like someone says, "I confessed my sin and I gave my life to God," and the next day was my first day sober or whatever. It was just changed my life, my entire life changed in the blink of an eye. I think sometimes we kind of idolize those stories, and I'm, I'm speaking. Uh, Oh, we finger do. finger pointed right at me because I, I i found myself in that position of like man God I have been praying and praying and praying for this and it hasn't happened. Why did they get it right away? So, what do you think is different about those situations? Why do you think that sometimes God does? Uh, I guess to use the the human terms for it, expedite the process. It's expedited shipping I mean, of a prayer request. <laughs>
1: My my prayers be on Amazon Prime. They get here in the next day or two.
0: Jesus Prime, uh, two-day shipping.
1: No, I, I think about some of those stories and having met and interacted with some people that have had those interactions. I think that there's, I mean, I, I think back to a previous ministry that I was a part of, and there's a guy and his wife that said they were addicted to drinking, okay? Alcoholics through and through. Came to the Lord one day, boom, they were done. They never touched a drop afterwards.
0: Both of them.
1: Both of them. Wow. However, however, they would drink non-alcoholic beer after that. Now, as I, I kind of like thought through that and I was like, all right, not to belittle their story, but most addicts I know wouldn't go anywhere close to what they've come free of. So was it really like a deep-rooted addiction or was it something they enjoyed doing and so Hmm. you would hear their story and be like oh yeah no they are we are free of it and yes they are like they are not getting drunk that's a great thing however were they actually deeply rooted in addiction or was it something that they really liked they did that they were doing they thought they were addicted but really they it wasn't that and it was god just gave them a little little push to say hey back off of that a little bit. And that's like my, my first story that comes to my head of like, sometimes we got to dig a little deeper for what did that look like? And sometimes we need to follow up on people that are struggling with something and, and they're, Oh, I have zero inkling to go back to this. Well, have we checked up on them a month later after things have gotten rough? Six months, a year. And not to be, there are many people that that has happened and they've stayed free but there's also many a story where they have felt liberated and they weren't completely Yeah. where they let themselves fall back into it. And so there, there's many of those stories where, yes, we will idolize and look at saying, yes, that I want that, that instant gratification, that instant thing. But the reality is even with that, there is still putting in work after the fact, yes, your immediate temptation might've been taken, but You still have to say no to that every day.
0: I think it's worth noting, too, that we don't always know the whole situation that somebody's gone through. And so a lot of times, like in Scripture, it refers to planting seeds. Uh, And the thing about seeds is they take a long time to grow. grow, And we don't know what seeds have already been planted. You know, we see the moment that they step away. But we don't know a lot of times how many things had been planted, how many times they they just heard the name of Jesus. They had felt a, a push of the Holy Spirit, and maybe they ignored it. Maybe they ignored it. Maybe they ignored it. And then finally, they let it move. You know, We don't know what led up to it. And so it seems, I think, a lot of times like, oh, well, this person just had a sudden transformation when in reality, God may have been laying the groundwork in them for 20 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes on that we don't see in both before and after. So we got to be careful with, with recognizing a story that's instantaneous
0: um, for sure. And so before we, before we move into the next question, I did want to say to, there was a, a great representation of what you talked about. Cause you mentioned as well, the idea that some people, they may be free and then they go back. Right. And I yes. think that as Christians, sometimes when we're looking at other people and we see them go back, I think we can be really, really harsh. Um, and just kind of be like, well, they they know better because they're now a Christian. The first time, the first 20 years that they were doing it, it was like, oh, it's okay. They didn't know better yet. But now that they know better, it's like, whoa, you knew better and you went back. But I loved in The Chosen, which if you guys haven't watched it yet, Chosen's a great show about the life of Jesus. Um, the- and I have a confession. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, well, that's okay. I mean, there's... There's grace for the in-between. I hope. I can only hope for that one. Um, <laughs> but there's, a, there's an episode of The Chosen. I think it's actually in the first season where um, Mary Magdalene is one of the characters. And Jesus, you know, he saves her from the horrible life that she's living in the bars and everything and uh, her demon possession. And then one day after she's been following Jesus for quite some time, something happens and it like triggers a bunch of memories for her. And she goes back to the bar. And I love the way that they show Jesus responding to that. So he comes back and he meets her there again. And she's, of course she's crying and she's apologizing. She's like, I'm so, so, so sorry. And he's like, did you think that you were never going to fall again? and he's just so like he's so graceful so merciful like did you did you really think that you were never going to fall again and i love that picture of there wasn't the expectation of okay sins out in the open you've confessed you're following me it's perfection from here on out he knew and i think god does know i know god knows that we're, we're going to slip up again. We're going to fall again in our sin, whether it's, whether it's an addiction thing or even if it's like just cussing, man. I mean, I know people who, they never cuss anymore until there's that one moment when they do and then they beat themselves up and they feel so bad because they said it. It's just like, it's going to happen. It's okay. It's okay when we stumble because Christ can pick us back up again. So, Uh, I'm going to ask then our next question, which is, we're talking about the in-between, and we've said for some people it seems like the the turnaround is immediate. They just wake up one day and all of a sudden they're free. For other people, it seems like they're struggling for years and years and years. So how long is the in-between then?
1: I don't think there's a a hard timeline for these things. Uh, Actually, going back to our our shipping analogy. board (laughs) Board games... One of the most efficient ways to get new board... Okay, efficient's the wrong word. One of the most popular ways to get new board games as they're coming out is Kickstarter. Mm. You know what Kickstarter is? Basically, you, you pledge money. If they hit their goal, they take your money, and then they send you the product after X amount of time. And they'll always say, this will be shipped by March of next year. Get around Christmas time, you check it. It's not coming March of this coming year, maybe March of next year. Mm. And so you have this expectation of it's going to be here soon. But stuff working on in the background, it's not lining up for it to get here that soon. It's going to take some extra time. And I think that's, again, it's, it's not Amazon Prime. We're not getting it in two days. We might not even get it in the time that we're thinking we're going to in a year. It might be a few years getting there in-between lasts differently for everybody and for every sin. And it's not going to be a direct route. There might be delays. There might be, you might get really lucky. There might be something that, Oh, Hey, everything went really well. Shipping's actually going to come out earlier than, than March. It's actually going to come out in January.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: Th- that doesn't happen on Kickstarter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but the point, the point is like things can go really well. You can put in the work you can expedite that to an extent where you're working through it. You're actively going through that with God. And sometimes it can go a little faster, but it's not a guarantee that it's going to go any faster. It could also be you're working through it with God and it's still going to take you years. Yeah. It's different for everyone.
0: I think something that you had actually said to me personally before one time, we ha- we've had conversations about this kind of stuff before. And uh, one of the things he talked about is like, as you get really deeply entrenched in sin, there's a lot of baggage that comes with it. There's a lot of life changes and you know habits that are set yes. up. Um, it's usually not just the one thing. I think people see it that way. So they think like, oh, well, if I'm an alcoholic, then I just need to stop drinking. But a lot of times what they don't realize is it's not just a stopping drinking. It's also you have to get away from the friends that are encouraging you to drink. You have to find ways to fill up all of the time that you've been spending drinking, places to hang out that you're not drinking, things like that. And so when we get really entrenched in a sin, um, it starts to affect a lot of areas of our life.
1: What you just said reminded me of a book I read in college. There was this dude who his mission was to help men get free from porn. And one of the things that was in that book where he would ask people like, all right, do you think that's a sin? And everyone's like, yeah, you think it's your biggest sin? And anybody that would openly admit that they were struggling with porn would usually be like, yeah, that's the biggest sin. And part of it was recognizing that, yes, that is sin. Don't don't mishear that. That is sin. However, here's a list of things you probably do every day that are also sin, and you're almost idolizing this one sin above all the others, and you're like, this is the sin that I struggle with. No, you struggle Mm -hmm. with countless sins, and recognizing it that there's a lot of other things that are rooting into it, that are digging into it, that are supporting that one sin. It's not just one sin. There's a lot to it. There's barriers there's barricades whatever it's it's entrenched there's a lot of stuff we got to go through yeah. not just one thing oftentimes
0: well that's not actually where i was going with it but i do like that point as well that um was a
1: side thought i had sorry
0: but no totally fine like, i just oh, i just saw you looking around for the book and i was like there's a squirrel in will's room or something right now like he's just left right before up down somewhere anyway yeah, <laughs> Anyway, um, but kind of where I was going with this too was when we talk about being entrenched is I think sometimes we say, well, I want to be out of the trench immediately. Uh, But in reality, it's like if it took 20 years to dig that trench and you suddenly undo it in a day, that's going to hurt. That's not really a nice, like, surgical procedure. Like, there's going to, yeah, there's going to be some whiplash. There's going to be some serious scarring. I mean, even biblically, Jesus talks about the man who built his house on the weak foundation. The storms came and the house fell. And one part that we skip over a lot of times is, and great was the fall. It's catastrophic when people's lives just suddenly are uprooted. But Jesus tries to take a tender tenderer way a more tender way with us sometimes More tender
1: i think is the grammatical tenderized way way, um,
0: with us and he wants to ease us out because when you suddenly yank a foundation out from somebody even if it's a bad one uh sometimes that's what's needed for some people that's exactly what they need but for many people it can almost be even more destructive uh, or it can just lead them right into other things because we have to, as we're getting out of our trench, make sure we're not just walking right into another one. You know, it's like, Oh guys, I haven't drank in 15 years. uh, But ever since I quit drinking, I've been smoking three packs a day. (laughs) You know, it's like if you, if you sweep the demons out of one house and you leave it empty without putting something in there, it says that seven more are going to come right back in. So, it's a process, and I think we have to be able to respect that process for ourselves and for other people as well. And that kind of leads into our next day of like, how do we respond to people when they have gotten past the, the really hard point of like coming out and saying, like, yep, this is my thing, I'm doing it, I've done it, but they're not quite there yet.
1: I mean, the first thing is recognizing we're all in the process. Like, I'm in the process, Ben's in the process, every listener, we're in the process, whether it's, again, something we would consider a big sin, like addiction or something like that, or it's little sins, like we're breaking the law and speeding everywhere. (gasps) You do not. That that was on the list in that book that my friend gave me that I need to find. (sighs) But it's, yeah, we, we look at things. We only, we, like, idolize certain sins, right? Like, things uh, that are big and bad and...
0: I only struggle with little sins. I don't have a big sin that God helped me overcome.
1: I mean, but but <laughs> have you legitimately heard somebody complain I, that? Because I have.
0: I have, actually. I remember very distinctly in high school, there was a girl who... um, She essentially said that her... Her sin that she was struggling with was pride because she always looked at other people and was like, well, I don't have any big sins. And I was just like – I mean, I guess that's the opposite. She was at least owning the fact that she recognized it. But that always stuck with me of like she just really did look at other people and be like, I don't struggle with those sins. I I don't have any big sins. Yeah, exactly. I'm
1: I'm a slightly less dirty sinner.
0: And, uh, and people with their testimony saying, Oh, well, I feel like I don't have a testimony because I don't really have any big sins that I've overcome. Yep. Always, always with that one.
1: Sometimes a great testimony is God has been faithful to me and my family and has kept me from things that are awful.
0: I don't know why this just came to me. I didn't plan this one up ahead of time, but it just, it just occurred to me. So if you're talking about a car accident, um, Nobody wants their car accident story to be, I got in a car accident and I almost died, but I didn't. It's just as great of a story to say, I was about to get into a car accident and I swerved really hard and pulled some GTA style moves and avoided what would have been a very serious accident. It's just as great of a story as I got into an accident and survived. So same thing can be said for sin. If you could say like, I managed to pull my, uh, uh, maybe GTA is not the right reference for a Christian community. Uh, burnout. <laughs> I pulled some burnout style moves and I swerved around the sin uh, only because Jesus took the wheel. You know, I don't know. Sorry, I'm just throwing out a lot of Christianese guys haven't been sleeping much lately. So if, if your story is how God kept you from it, that's still a good story. That's still a powerful testimony. Yeah, sorry. That just that occurred to me. Needed to share it. It's
1: great. It's great. Uh, as, and as we kind of continue with the idea of like responding to people who are, are past that initial point of confession, but uh, might still be struggling with something. I think the other part is we we have to get rid of surface level stuff in our conversations at times and just sweep that off the table and be like, hey, last week you said you were struggling with this we, we equipped you. So like part of it is we have to make sure that when somebody does that, we are holding them accountable to help them uh, come free of the sin. But like, Hey, we talked about X, Y, Z thing. How is that going? And it might be a little awkward. It might be uncomfortable to just jump in and be like, Hey, last week you talked to me about cutting. Are you still doing it? Last week you talked to me about porn. How is that going? Last week, you talked about this, that the other thing. Uh, hopefully it's nothing that you have to report to like law authorities. Like, Oh, last week you were talking about, you murdered somebody. Uh, please report that to the authorities and turn that person in. Uh, (laughs) that's legal issues. Yeah. But for the most part, like when people are struggling with something, you got to go in deep with them. Cause if they told you one, like they are recognizing you as a friend, a companion, whatever that might be to go into that with them. Go into it. Don't just go in that one time, go in the shallow. No, you got to go deep. And if you need to grab a spiritual leader to go along
0: with you, like don't do it alone. Yeah, for sure. Definitely um, don't beat around the bush when it comes to stuff like this. Like, I think on the, the helper side, if you are walking with somebody who's going through it, yeah, just don't be afraid to Name the sin that's actually a big part of uh, like suicide prevention training is don't be afraid of the word suicide. If that's the sin that somebody's struggling with is they are suicidal, they are practicing self-harm, don't be afraid to name the words um yeah. and I would even go a step further and say, don't be afraid to pray those words and say, you know Lord help so and so with their suicidal thoughts with their self-harm you know name it. Name it, get it out there. And that's that's huge. Gives you a lot of power over it.
1: And as we are touching on these sensitive topics, also, if somebody is struggling with those things immediately in the moment, please reach out to to somebody that can help you more. You need mental health of, like authorities to come in and help you at that point. When it gets to that point.
0: Yeah, for uh, sure.
1: Make sure you are reaching out above your own station. Yes. Wherever you're
0: at. I don't care who
1: you are. Reach out. <laughs> Get some help.
0: All right. Well, you had something on here about consistency.
1: Yes. So, again, we got to go deep. We can't just do that once. Mm. You can't just follow up one time and be like, all right, yeah, I followed up with them on their issue. Cool. I did it once. We're good to go. No, like it's going to take weeks and weeks and weeks of going through that. Yeah, sometimes months sometimes years like we said the in between's different for everyone they could be struggling with something for years
0: yeah there's a there's power in the the metaphors that scripture uses uh i love all the agricultural metaphors because i was an outdoor kid myself um why are all your plants dead man oh, i don't know man i watered them when was the last time you watered them when i got them <laughs> I did it once. <laughs> Why didn't they survive? Same concept, right. man. There's a reason behind it. It's not just because he was talking to farmers, man. There's truth to it. There's all the metaphors, man. There's reason behind them. But yeah, yeah. consistency. Making sure you're you are consistently, repeatedly following up. Uh, especially too, if the person on the other end isn't like if they start pulling back from the process, all the more. They need to make sure, like, somebody is kind of pushing them to say, hey, we don't stop now. You're in the in-between. That's okay. We got to just keep pushing through this.
1: And with that, it is completely okay to recognize and be like, hey, where you're at right now in the process, it sucks. Yep. It's hard. It happens. Yep. Just, just it's okay to recognize that life is hard sometimes.
0: Yeah. And I think I
1: often tell my students life is just cause you're a Christian does not mean life's going to be easy. If anything, it means it's going to be a lot harder. We are promised a good life, not an easy one.
0: Yeah. I think too, um, when we're talking about life getting hard, uh, Talk about where your life has been hard too. And this is this has been a big one that I've actually started to see recently. Uh, how powerful, how powerful this one act can be. So when you're walking with somebody through the in-between, um, first remember, again, you are also in the in-between. Unless you can confidently say, I am perfected, like God has made me as good as I'm going to get, uh, and somehow do it without pride then I'm going to say, remind you that you are in the in-between as well. But also being open about our own sin. So like I have seen it particularly very recently that when we can come out and be the one to say, you know, I am dealing with this or I have dealt with this. All of a sudden testimonies come pouring in of other people saying, oh yeah, me too. One of the best ways that we can show grace to people as they're going in in between is to remind them that we all are going through it. We all have been through it. If you haven't been there, don't make up a story and try and pretend that you've been there and you haven't. But if you have, don't put your story up on a shelf where it's going to collect dust. Like, Let it out. Share it because there may be somebody who is going through it right now that needs to hear your story so that they can come out with it and they can share their story and get through their process.
1: Yeah, it honestly goes back to something I'm always super huge on, and and that's just openness. Like, we we need to be open and authentic with who we are, what we're struggling with, the, the realities of this world, because we are... Like, I, as people, we are trained when somebody asks, hey, how you
0: doing? Fine. Good.
1: <laughs> like, I have had it to the point where I have, in passing, said, hey, to somebody. Not even like, hey, how are you doing? Just, oh, hey. Their response is good. Look away. Walk around. I'm like, what? I didn't ask how you were doing.
0: <sighs> I didn't ask, boy. <laughs>
1: Right, but it's one of those things where it's like, we are just so conditioned that we have to, everything's gotta be fine, everything's gotta be good, we have our life together. No, we don't! We all broken people, we all walking around here without life together, and that's okay. Yeah. Because we're all doing it together. You should be okay struggling with that, with each other.
0: So, Will, we're all broken. We can admit it. You and I are probably some of the most broken people I know, especially when it comes to our senses of humor. Yes and amen. Oh, yes and amen. And uh, so I, I got I got to ask, though, of course, because this is the most important part. This is you know, where's the gospel in all this? What is the hope for those who are in the in between? For those who are in the process of sanctification, where's the hope? Um, I, will, I, I will I'll share the verse. That came to me, and then I was going to ask too if you would, uh, if you would share some of your thoughts on this. So, th- the question is, where's, where's the hope for those in the process? And, and what comes to me is in First John, uh, one eight through ten. He says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him, that's God, out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. The hope that I see in that is don't let anybody make you feel like they're not in the same boat with you. If we say we don't have sin, if someone's telling you like, oh yeah, I'm not that bad, I'm not where you're at, uh, or even giving you that vibe of I'm better than you, just remind them, if you're going to say that you haven't sinned, you're not just lying about yourself, you're making God out to be a liar. And I find some hope in that, that we're, we're all in the same boat. We're, we're all struggling and that's okay. But beyond that, God keeps his promises. He absolutely always keeps his promises. And he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. So if we confess it, he will forgive. And he takes a step for further and will purify us from all unrighteousness so he's not just going to forgive us he says I will heal you I will bring you out it may be a process but I'm going to get you out of this you just keep confessing you just keep coming to me we're going to work through this we're going to get you out
1: yeah I think the hope is that it, the battle's already won
0: mm-hmm
1: Jesus has already gone to the cross to forgive all of our sins. Every last one. It's, it's a done deal. We are just working through our own sins as we are trying to live life as close to Christ has been. But the hope is that even if we don't get through them all, even if we are still bound by them, so long as we are coming to Jesus with them faithfully and saying, God, help me. He, he is going to and we are forgiven they don't bind us we don't have to be slave to sin god's already done it yeah that's where where my hope is in it yeah uh, even though we are trying our best to live out the best life we can even if we can't succeed in that and we stay stay bound by it through powers beyond our own if we are trying and we are faithful to god it, it's he's already won the battle
0: I love, um, there's, there's a song that for a while was like, you know, it's one of the essential songs the no longer slaves. Um, funny enough, the yeah. song says no longer slaves to fear, even though the scripture says no longer slaves to sin. I think, uh, interesting difference. Yes.
1: We are no longer slaves to sin in
0: scripture to sin.
1: We can be free from fear too. Fear is a
0: sin too. So that's okay. Uh, can be a, fe- can be a sin anyways. Um, <laughs> but I love the idea that it we're not slaves to sin anymore and there is hope in that that like like you said the battle's already been won the chains have already been broken sometimes we walk around and we act like we still got all these chains on us and we're like oh man i'm struggling i'm struggling i'm struggling and it's actually like sometimes what we need to do is open our eyes and look and see the chains have already fallen off he already broke them we're free we don't we don't have to stay there anymore there's no obligation to gratify the flesh there's no obligation to live in sin anymore He's already remember,
1: done it. I remember a pastor one time sharing an analogy of the chains were broken. They 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 have been removed from what is holding you to something. But then he's like walking around with the chains still. And he's like, we didn't take like the, we have to get them off at some point just because they're broken from what's binding mm. us doesn't mean we're not carrying them around anymore. <laughs> Sometimes we still are. We're still carrying around for one reason or another but we don't have to. Yeah. That's optional. That's like self-inflicted pain. We do that a lot.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, well, I think we got to start bringing this to a close and so I think we've talked pretty thoroughly about how how we go through this in the moment here i think kind of our our last question kind of started to answer this but did you have anything else you want to add for for the people who are listening that that maybe you're thinking like oh yeah i am in that in between and they're fully aware this is where i'm at i need help getting out of here um uh, any practical advice for those people who are in in the in between that we haven't covered yet
1: if you are in between do not go it alone amen do not go it alone You cannot do it alone. If you are struggling with whatever sin it might be, there is a reason that scripture tells us to confess. We need to talk about it. We need to get it out in the open. We cannot hide it like it's nothing. Yeah. It is something it is affecting you and it will become so much easier If you are doing it with somebody else, not say that it's impossible to overcome a sin by yourself, but it's really hard. Yeah. It's harder than we we would like to admit. Talk about it. Find a a trusted. So I, I always hesitate when I say a trusted friend, because I work with high schoolers and middle schoolers. I love them to death. Sometimes when they go and say, all right, trusted friend, sometimes they don't friends don't give the best advice so be be mindful of who you're talking to whether it's trusted friend or spiritual leader like get somebody
0: to help out i would say maybe a a good word is find a mentor who is is someone who's older or a little wiser than you that can walk with you through it and a big plus is maybe somebody who has gone through the same thing so like if you're, you know, if your big thing is like you're just trying to quit cussing, I don't know, talk to somebody who is ex-military that's got a really clean mouth. I guarantee you if they were in the military and they don't cuss anymore, they probably did at some point in their life. Ask him how they got through it. You know, but find somebody who's uh walked through the the sin that you're going through. So, someone who is older than you, somebody who is on the other side. Having friends is great. You do need friends for support, you need them for prayer, but Friends that are on the same page as you may not always be the best for advice.
1: Well, and I think it's it's a classic both-and
0: yes. situation.
1: Yes, You need both peers that can walk through it with you, as well as a spiritual leader, guide, mentor, whatever you want to call it, uh, that has been there that can really walk you through it from yeah. an experience standpoint. It's good to have accountability and friends with you yeah. in that moment that are either also going through it with you or at least at your same level because you can have better open discussion with them.
0: For sure. Um, and I think I think that's actually a, a good segue into the, the final question of, so let's say we've already recognized that we're in the in-between, um, but we also know somebody else is going through it. Uh, we're left with a question of then practically, what can we do to help them? What? How can we be better at showing grace to those people that we are, we know are in the in-between.
1: So this is going to go back to something we mentioned earlier. Number one, be open with your own sin. Mm. Like if we can be open about our own sin and say, yes, we, we understand it. We have been there. Like legitimately we have been there, whether it's that particular sin or another sin, but we understand going through that process. That
0: can be great. Yeah. Um, mutual vulnerability is really powerful
1: yeah yeah it's probably one of the most powerful things that we as a society have just kind of thrown out altogether. yeah i'd say the other like number two thing is if you are somebody that is helping somebody through these things also don't do it alone
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: i i tell my leaders often like there are times where we we dive into the darkness that is teenage life at times. Sometimes it gets really dark. Do not try to bear that darkness alone. Reach out higher. Like We, we, we have a whole church as a support system. And not to say go and gossip to the rest of the church about it. But have close friends that you can share that with. Being a a leader and a mentor in these types of situations can be very taxing. So if you are helping somebody through it, be vulnerable with them, share that with them, but also make sure that you are not the sole person holding on to it. Make sure you pray a lot through that process because Jesus is trying to bear it with us too.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing I would add to it is just being compassionate two people who are going through things. Um, remembering that opening up and saying, Hey, I did something wrong. Super, super hard for a lot of people to do. Some people are just open books and they don't even care. They'll just like come right out and say it. Some people it's like, they won't do it at all. Um, be compassionate, be willing to listen, provide a, a judgment-free place where they can know that like they could talk to you, and it's okay. It's a safe place to be. Um, make sure that you're showing them the love of Christ through the process. They, they need to constantly be reminded that like even though you stumble, he's still there. He still loves you. You're still walking with him. I think that would be my final encouragement there. Well, you got anything to add?
1: I'll say, don't, don't be afraid to reach out and get extra resources on the, on whatever it might be.
0: That's a big one.
1: Like we, we have in my last like year and a half of my current uh, ministry placement, we have had so many weird encounters that like, it's just not normal everyday life. And we standardly are not equipped for those kinds of things. Like I don't know most people who are are equipped for the passing of a student. So we we sought out extra resources to talk through and say, Hey, how can we better well like one? How can we be good like ourselves mentally and emotionally? But how can we then approach this well? Spend some time if you need it, look for more resources. Look for training, look for whatever it might be. Because if you are in this position to Help somebody through this. You don't realize it, or maybe you do, but you might not realize how much of a trusted position you are in.
0: Yeah. Don't put it to waste. Thanks again for listening this week. We'd like to give a special thank you to Travis D'Amato for both our theme music and sound editing. If you like either, you can find and contact him at Music 93 on Instagram. That's D-A-M-A-T-O, music. 93. Remember to follow us on social media at Everyday Faith Podcast. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to share it. We're always looking for feedback to help us grow and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Faith Podcast.